Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Abraham went to the mountain. Isaac said, where is the sacrifice? What are you doing, Dad? And Abraham said, God will provide himself as a sacrifice. You remember the whole story. So many people think waited patiently is where Abraham, he didn't doubt, he didn't fear. He had learned from God that if he could bring this son from a hundred-year-old man, that God could even bring Isaac to life again if he had to go that far. Everybody has challenges in their lives, but Abraham's might take the cake. He waited 25 years for the son that God promised. Then, when Isaac was an adult, God asked Abraham to sacrifice him. The writer of Hebrews retells this story to his listeners. He reminds them, as Pastor Mark will be reminding you in today's teaching, that God came through for Abraham, just like he said he would. You'll learn that through your tests and difficulties, God's going to be there to come through for you too. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Hebrews chapter 10 as he continues his message, God Will Come Through. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would declare the Gentiles, that's most of us, a few of you are Jewish, to be righteous. Why? Not because they were circumcised, not because they did good works, not because they tried to keep the law, because of their faith. And God proclaimed this good news to Abraham way before the law, way before circumcision, long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. That is huge for us. That is absolutely huge to us. You're right with God, not because you're a member of Calvary Chapel, not because you tithe, not because you're a good person, not because whatever. It's because you believe the promises of God. Everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord can be saved. It is our belief. Now, turn back to Hebrews chapter 6, where you were. Look at verse 15. And so after waiting patiently, say the word with me, patiently. How many like that word? Just be honest. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Well, Did Abraham wait patiently? Well, he did. For a lot of years, he waited patiently. Let me share with you in Genesis 21 to remind you what really took place. 
he waited actually 25 years for God to come through. 25 years. That's older than some of you are here. 25 years. Look at Genesis 21. The Lord kept his word. I love that. And did for Sarah exactly what he promised. She became pregnant. She gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God had said it would. And Abraham named their son Isaac. Eight days after Isaac was born, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded. Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. The next thing I want you to write is this. God requires us to patiently walk by faith until he fulfills the promise. During those years, God was at work. Because we're kind of outcome-oriented people, one of the things we forget is that God is always at work in the background of my life. Wherever you're at in your walk with God, he's at work. He's developing you. He's placing circumstances in front of us and all kinds of tests and all kinds of difficult things that we can walk through. There's times we're in the mountains. It's just wonderful on top. Everything's incredible. A few days later, we find ourselves in the valley. He's the God of the mountain. He's the God of the valley. He's always at work. During these 25 years, did God just say, I'll see you in 25 years? No, he was always at work in his life. God is at work in your life. Now, sometimes we don't see that. We don't understand what's really taking place, but God's at work. And he's developing you, as Romans 8 says, to become like him, like his son in that character. Now, during those years, during these times, let's be honest, we're not patient. We become anxious. We have doubts. We have fears. God will not come through. I often think if we could take this whole thing and put it on our frames today, think Abraham probably thought as he went along all these years, I should have bought stock in the pregnancy kits. Because month after month, old Sarah would go in. Is there a plus or is there a minus? There's a minus. He could have got rich, 25 years times 12. Think of that. Go down to the pharmacy. Hey, Bay, it's you again. It is. Another month. Over and over and over. Finally, the plus comes. It's incredible. She's pregnant. It's going to happen. He's 100. She's in her 90s. But how many times did they doubt? You and I are here, we become anxious. We don't wait patient. Now, when we don't wait patient, all of us know what we do. We try to make things happen. No amens, but that's exactly what we try to do. You know it, and I've tried it. Now, I'm going to read to you. You know the story. I'll just read to you out of Genesis 16. Now, Sarah, Abraham's wife, had bore him no children. But she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, this is interesting, the Lord has kept me from having children. That's exactly the opposite. 
God was going to give her children. She couldn't have children without God. Go, sleep with my maidservant, she said to Abraham. Perhaps I can build a family through her. This is the Balmer's translation. And Abraham said to his wife, sounds like God's will to me. (laughs) Don't you think that's what he said? Do you think he argued? This isn't the will of God. He went, praise God, man. My wife, man, she's insightful. Hagar. Well, that's, you say, well, that doesn't sound right. Well, look at what it does say. It says, Abraham agreed to what Sarah said. So I know in the background what was happening. So do you. Verse 3 says, so after Abraham had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave it to her husband to be his wife. Because of that, we have the Arab-Israeli conflict that still goes on. Because of one time when Abraham and Sarah got ahead of God. They tried to make things happen. Now, when we try to make things happen, you know this is true. Nothing good comes of it. You see, we're wise enough today, we think, that we can arrange the circumstances. Have you ever tried to arrange the circumstances? And it's just going to flow perfectly. But if it's not God's will, it doesn't flow perfectly. You try to organize a business, you try to do this, you try to date somebody, you arrange all the circumstances, you get it all together, you try to buy this house, you try to hire this person, you work it out, you do all these things. No, it doesn't work. We have to wait for God. You see, I need God's wisdom. Let me give you a definition. You don't need to write it down. It's a little long. But it's important for you to understand what God's wisdom is. Wisdom is living life with God's point of view, with God's values, And here's the big one, God's timing, God's point of view. From heaven, what was God's point of view with Abraham and Sarah? He already had the solution, didn't he? He already gave him the promise. All right, what's God's values? Was God's value for Abraham to have another wife? No, that's not his value. It's never his value. We see that happening in the Bible. Nothing ever good came from any of the kings of Israel having more than one wife. Nothing ever good came from it. So wisdom is living... With God's point of view, by the way, God's point of view and God's values are found in the Word of God. But here's the hard part. I don't know God's timing. You don't know God's timing. As we start this series on the end of the world, I don't know when the end of the world is going to happen. It's going to happen. I just don't know when. And of course, all these years, what have we had? People naming a date. Foolish. Because the Bible tells us don't even name a date. So understand... God is never late. I like that. God is never early. I don't like that. But he's always right on time. You're here. You're anxious. You're doubting. No, God's never early. He's never late. He's always right on time. If you're here and you're trying to make something happen, then God has just spoken to you. He's spoken directly into your heart. You don't have to say, ouch, or oh me, because you already know it. He's trying to say to you, why are you anxious? Relax. 
I have it all under control. I've made promises to you. It's going to work out. Don't get ahead of me. Well, if you look back in that verse 15 where you're at, when I think of this, and I think of Abraham, notice God doesn't say in verse 15, now Abraham, you blew it. You didn't wait patiently. What does God say? You did wait patiently. That's a hard thing for me to understand. Well, there's two ways to look at it. Here's the first way. Did Abraham for 25 years, most of that, did he wait patiently? Yes, he did. He wasn't perfect, but he waited patiently for many, many, many years. I'm glad God looks at that rather than my, you know what I look at? He didn't wait patiently. He got in trouble. He blew it one time. What's wrong with you, Abraham? Think about this, because this is our nature. When you think of King David, what's the one thing that always goes to your mind? Bathsheba. But what's the one thing that God always goes back to? A man after my heart. You see, we can be pretty negative and critical, can't we? We always seem to go to the thing that's wrong rather than looking and saying, well, Abraham, you really did wait patiently for a lot of years. Good guy. Instead of tearing him down. I think this is important. When you fail, God isn't condemning us. He knows we're clay. He knows we're made of flesh. He knows that we fail. Now, that's not an excuse, but God provides for us to ask forgiveness. So I need to be a person that's merciful. God gives him a compliment when maybe you and I would say, wait, there's a mis- there's something wrong here. He didn't wait patiently. He did for many, many years. It's a good thing for us to think about. Now, some people also think that this verse, verse 15, has another application. And that is an application when, you know the story, when Isaac got old enough, God said to Abram, take your son to the mountain. He went to Mount Moriah. He said, I'm going to have you offer your son as a sacrifice. Well, Abraham went to the mountain. Isaac said, where is the sacrifice? What are you doing, Dad? And Abraham said, God will provide himself as a sacrifice. You remember the whole story. So many people think waited patiently is where Abraham, he didn't doubt, he didn't fear. He had learned from God that if he can bring this son from a hundred-year-old man, that God could even bring Isaac to life again if he had to go that far. So he learned, as we talked about, we need to learn from our dealings that God has with us, that he is always faithful. And he'll be faithful in your life. Well, Genesis 22 says this, Then the angel of the Lord called Abram from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and you have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand in the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of the enemies. Now, the writer has gone back to all this history. These Jews knew this. I just kind of gave you an overview. Look at this verse that we see in the New Testament. I think it's powerful. Notice in James, 
Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together. And his faith was made complete by what he did. What does that mean? Well, faith is by believing. James says, faith without works is is dead. And good works without faith is dead. The world believes you can become a Christian by good works. No, faith is what it does. But if there's nothing to follow, if there's no proof, if there's no meat, if there's no proof, then there's probably no faith. The faith hasn't been real. So think about that. In your life, if I'm a follower of Christ, there'll be proof. I believe, but there's going to be some change in my life. Things are going to happen. So what do I see from this? I think this is very important. The readers are listening to this story. They're from this little difficult time, and they're going, wait, we don't need to doubt. The same God who brought our ancestor, Abraham, into the land, the same God who brought Isaac through he and Sarah, and we're relatives of them. God promised it. He did it. Here we are. God said he'll bring us through this difficult time. Let's stop doubting. Now look at verse 16. Men swear by someone greater than themselves. And the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to the argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what he promised, he confirmed it with an oath. Remember, when a person wants to end an argument, what do they say? One way is just to say, I appeal or I make an oath to a higher authority. That's it. And we, you know, I'm telling the truth, so help me God. If you look back at the first part of Hebrews here, look back at the beginning that we read Verse 13, when God made a promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. I think that's great, isn't it? I mean, what am I going to say? I guess swear by Mark? No, there's somebody always greater than me. But you swear by God, there isn't anybody greater. Who are you going to go to? God. God. Well, there isn't anybody greater. Now, when you look at that, you go, well, the Jewish leadership had made a mockery of oaths. Remember? Swore by the temple, but not the gold of the temple, all those kind of things we went through. We learned that Jesus earlier himself said, you don't need to make oaths. Yes is yes, and no is no. But God knew that these people were slow to believe. They were doubting. So God took an oath to verify the promise he'd made. He just decided, well, I'll show them. I'll prove to them. He didn't have to swear the oath, but he did it as a concession to man's weakness. He met man on man's level. So God's going to promise man, this church, that he'll see them through. That whatever they're going through, it doesn't matter. They will get through. Now, verse 18. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which... It is impossible for God to lie. 
since God cannot lie and can't violate his own word, then we can have hope. These two unchangeable things are the promises of God and God's oath that he swears on himself, which is a reflection on his character, that he can not lie. Then he says this, We who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. So here's the offer. God says, I can't lie. Here's the promise I'm making to you. And I'm swearing by myself, not because I need to do that. My yes is yes and my no is no. But I'm doing that for you. I'm trying to identify with you. You want to end the argument. So quit arguing. Quit doubting that I can't come through. It's unchangeable. I will come through. Absolutely. Now, verse 18 doesn't mean much to us. The last part. Who have fled to take hold of the hope. Who have fled. But it meant a lot to people with Jewish history. This principle, and you might want to just write it in your Bible, it's the city of refuge principle in the Old Testament. Fled. You see, God provided in the Old Testament some cities that would provide shelter for a person who accidentally killed someone. If they accidentally killed someone and they could get to a city of refuge, in that refuge, no one could get them until the trial came up. So they were safe. It's almost like today, if you killed someone and you did it excellently, if you could get to the jail under safe control, you'd be fine until the trial came up. In those days, people would get revenge. So the relatives of whoever you killed would be out to get you was different than it is today. Now, if this person was acquitted of this killing, then he would remain in this city until the death of the high priest. Then he could return home. So what is the writer saying? Our refuge, who do we run to when we're without hope? Jesus Christ. It's not a city, but you and I run to the person of Jesus Christ and his word. No Christ follower has to live without hope. Are you here without hope? Is there an area that you're struggling with? When we read the promises in the Bible, we should be filled with hope. And not doubt. This is what the writer is trying to say. This is so basic to us, but I need it repeated to me. Maybe I'm on a mountain right now, but all it takes is one of these. And I could be down here. All it takes is a ring on a cell phone, and the mountain goes to a valley instantly. Well, where is God? Well, his promise is he'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He who's begun a good work in you will complete it. Pastor Mark taught today about patience. You heard about the patience of Abraham and how he continued to trust God through the years as he waited for God's promise to be fulfilled. Pastor Mark reminded you that just like in Abraham's life, God's working behind the scenes in your life too. Getting your life in harmony with God's point of view and values is the key. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, we'll see Pastor Mark bring this teaching, God Will Come Through, to an end. He'll talk about the danger of doubting God. You'll hear about the battle godly men and women have had throughout history, resisting Satan's urging them to distrust God. Pastor Mark will talk about the dependability of God and how to make him the anchor of your life. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through the book of Hebrews. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.